in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? So OTAs have started around the NFL, and Fiddy Bonsignori from the Review Journal reported yesterday that over 70 players have showed up to OTAs for the Raiders, which uh, is not unusual. A lot of teams have had 70, 80, 90 players showing up, so they are not listening to the NFL Players Association telling players not to show up. But I... And the Atlanta Falcons had an extra guy show up. <laughs> I uh, don't have any context on this. Like, is 70 good? Like, I, I don't know if that, like, means... I guess it's... To me, it sounds more important, like, which 70 were there. Because if you have 70 show up and it's guys that haven't made the team or are just trying to make the team, yeah, who cares? But, like, so... I don't know. To me, the 70, I, I don't have much context for whether or not that's a good no, thing I mean, or not. Does that include your quarterback, running back, joker, and tight end? <laughs> Joker's got to get in. He's got to learn. It's not the quarterback, running back, tight end, and joker. I'm not sure if it matters. Like, who are... <laughs> like, are the leaders showing up? If the leaders are showing up, then they're making a statement that they're flying in the face of what their players' associations want to do. Right. If none of the starters are there, then it's Jones like, Smith. Yeah, if he's showing up, it's not that much of a statement. Whoa, he's a starter. <laughs> well, he is at this point. They found him on the street. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I mean, did he? He just said seventy. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, it, 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 to me again, it, it depends on which yeah. seventy. So. Yeah. I, you know, the Joker needs to be in there. He's got a well, car needs. I position. would think Carr should be there. Yeah. I'm well, not should. I'm just saying well, if, if he's there, then all right, that's a leading player. And you're like, okay, that kind of makes a difference. He's making a statement about what he thinks about them telling him not to be there. And he needs to learn the name of his offensive lineman because you know, he never <laughs> met him before. Make up stuff. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces play the Seattle Storm tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. Um, and again, just like uh, yesterday, my overreaction to one game, the must win, Ed. If they don't win this game, they have no Who's more of a hope. must win tonight, the Aces or the Golden the Knights? The Aces! <laughs> game two of the season is a must win. I'm, I Genuinely, <laughs> unless like Seattle has major injuries, if the They're Aces get play this team, court. if they play this team in the playoffs, I cannot imagine them winning until I see something different. Well, not the if they play the same way. Right. And so tonight... I doubt it, but do the Aces do anything differently? They haven't over three years. No, I. this is crazy. I know you're going to think this is completely stupid. It appears the Aces coach might be set in his ways. <laughs> so <laughs> my guess is they're going to play tonight as they did the other day. They're going to be good. They're going to finish top three in the WNBA. Well, they'll beat like 90% of the teams. Right. They're going to be just fine. <laughs> they're going to have a great regular season. They just, I don't think they can beat Seattle. And honestly, they probably can't beat Washington if Elena Deladon is healthy because she's back. She didn't play last year. If she's healthy, they probably can't beat the Mystics either. So there's a couple of teams with players they just they just can't match up with stylistically that they're going to get beat in a playoff series. And it's hard to win a WNBA title when your number one competitor is a team you just can't beat in right. a series. Is there a way to conspire so that you don't have to play 
Seattle and Washington in the playoffs. Uh, like, I drop mean, yourself into, like, the sixth seed. I mean, well, the problem with the WNBA playoffs is that the one and the two seeds get buys, what, straight to the semis? So yeah, even it's the WCC tournament. Yeah, so even if you drop to the sixth seed, yeah. you just have to win more games yeah. and you eventually play them anyways. So. so we need to make sure that they play each other. So that way, whoever they lose and to. And they both lose. Like, that's what, like, yeah. the problem is at the end of the day, one of them's going to be in the WNBA finals. Next question. Mike Trout has a calf strength. He left last night's game, uh, is getting an MRI. It's, uh, it feels like early on, baseball injuries were pretty brutal. I felt like it maybe calmed down recently, but uh, like Giancarlo Stanton's on the IL. Now Mike Trout might be headed to the IL. Like, this has been a pretty rough baseball season for star players getting hurt. Yeah, it's almost like Trout plays hockey because Joe Madden said, I didn't see anything. I just looked up and he was limping. <laughs> I wondered what happened. It's almost like hockey's like, I didn't see anything with that guy. And he's out for like a month. Like, Patch, ready? What did he do? He was, well, he, was, he was running out a two-out pop-up or something. Like, he was on second and somebody had a pop-up and he was just Strain running something. him out. And, like, that's a brutal way to get hurt <laughs> if you're Mike Trout. <laughs> Joe Madden. This is the best. Well, Joe Madden's not a hockey coach, given he says to the reporters, you're going to have to talk to him about specifically what happened. <laughs> Joe Madden's not coaching in the NHL, I tell you that. Imagine the Golden Imagine Knights Pete putting DeBoer out a player. Saying, listen, on the Zoom, listen. Here's Pat Reddy's cell number. Now, you all call him and ask him specifically what happened, because I don't know at this point. He'll tell you. Uh, one other note on the Angels, by the way. Shohei Otani, leading baseball with 13 home runs on the year. He also has a 2.10 ERA at the moment. He has been very good at both. As long as he stays healthy, he's probably going to be a an above-average starter and might be one of the top 10 hitters in baseball over the course of the season. But again, the big question is, will he stay healthy enough to do both? Because he, he really okay. has it in his career. Two things. We now know J.J. Watt watches a lot of television because in the last few days, he's tweeted about the Golden Knights and their goalie and Shohei Otani. Why isn't anyone talking about him, which everyone is? Did you see either of you... The screenshots on Shohei Otani's last two home runs where the ball was. Yes. The, okay. He hit the one Dude, in Boston. One was at his head. Down and away in the one and last then was night. It, was, I mean, yeah. that guy's jacking those were home runs. Like, he's talented. Like, yeah. that was, one was here and one was out here. I'm like, how did that do? I mean, the one up here, I can get, if you get around, the one over there. Yeah. Like, and he, how did he hit home run? Low and away out of the zone. and he weird. And he pulled it. Yes. Now, I mean, it was, yeah. come on. Like, he's really good. He's, he's really phenomenal. good. Phenomenal. What's amazing, he's really good. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Yes. And, and the they Angels never make the playoffs. 0% chance they the playoffs. Right and they never now. make the playoffs. And their team sucks. <laughs> great question. Next Thank question. you. You and your best friend are really great guys. Like, they got to diverge. They honestly might have, like, what, two of the top four or five players you'd want to watch play the game? Like, if you were well, listing have, out. Oh, I mean, man, if they played for any other team, they'd be yeah, superstars. They have, yeah. Like one you, of the greatest players in the history yeah. of baseball and a guy who's hitting <laughs> balls off the dirt at 95 yeah. and he's pulling them for home runs. Like, yeah. look at that like, guy. And they, and they have zero chance to even make the playoffs. Yeah. They're not, they're not even going to be close because... I've always wondered then, good for him, I've always wondered though why Trout re-upped because he could have gone anywhere and gotten anything he wanted. I mean, I, I think the assumption is at some point you're going to make the playoffs. He's not, I mean, no. he's not old. He's not old, but he's also yeah. probably at a point where he's looking down the road and saying, I'm not old, yes. but, I mean, we're not really close right now. Oh, poor Angels. Poor no, Angels. No, no, not poor Angels. Poor, poor Angels fans. Poor yeah, Trout. Okay, yeah, poor <laughs> Trout. Any competent manager in the world, like any competent GM would be like, all right, I got my Trout. Let's surround him with talent. And instead they went, 
We'll get him one guy. Dodger fan's with me here. Dodger fan Will. He's having a, a medical procedure tomorrow. We wish him the best. He goes, after, I'll be going to Arizona for some light jogging. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So what we all do is Dodger fans. We have something, you know, minor thing. We go, uh, we go to Arizona and lightly jog. I hope jog. Cody Bellinger leaves. <laughs> I hope. No, I hope Cody Bellinger is pulling a Gronkowski. He just had the person from the Los Angeles Times take a bunch of pictures of him in different in shirts. One day. I hope I hope he goes to the Angels. Go ahead. That's a great, great question. Guascari Noah broke his hand after punching the bench in the dugout. Enoa uh, is a pitcher for the Braves. He has a 302 ERA. His strikeouts per nine is over 10. He's been really good. But he's also, in 17 plate appearances, hitting 353 with two home runs yeah. and a double as a pitcher. Uh, he had a grand slam. That was a like 430 feet foot grand slam. He's been phenomenal so far this year, but now he's going to miss two months because he punched the dugout bench. Get rid of the I DH. Don't I don't get this. I would have. Some kind, well, there's usually padding, but you know, guys like lose their temper. I, I just never understand. This. Punch something else. Yeah. I mean, just you know, have some padding I, in there, and, or punch like a guy who's never plays. Like punch that guy and like punch the, the <laughs> punch the player in the shoulder. Why are you punching walls? Punch there's, the seventy-year-old so, um, third uh, yeah, base the dugout guy. There's so many other things you can punch and not break your hand. Yeah. Why are you punching the one thing that's going to shatter your Wait, hand? Is, I don't get that. Is Mark McGuire still somebody's uh, bench coach? Because for a while there, you yeah, punch so- him. Well, you're gonna break yeah, your no, hand there if he's, you know, no, still, he'll punch you back. Still on the orange juice. I mean, like as someone who has broken many video game controllers in my life, mm-hmm. I understand the satisfaction of when you're frustrated to launch something right. and it shatter. Um, not when it's your hand, though. Ideally, you're not gonna shatter your hand. I <laughs> one time, long time ago, girlfriend's <laughs> brother, twelve, made me so mad. Uh, I did punch a wall and break my hand. I I did punch a wall. What did a 12-year-old do? Long story, (laughs) as it should be. (laughs) All Uh, right, so coming up next. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was in a cast two hours later. I broke my hand. I've I've broken my hand a bunch of times punching things, and... I've never gone with the cast. I just sit there and just oh. my, my hand slowly has become a weird claw. <laughs> Is that not normal? It's not good. <laughs> Tyler's making... And the 12-year-old remained his you-know-what self the rest of the time. Like, at least at least no, change. They... I broke my hand for you. At no, least change. No, listen. If I'm 12 and you break your hand because you're mad at me, I've never changed. That's probably why I'm the way I am. Somebody probably broke their hand because yeah. I was an ass to him when I was, like, seven. I, I will say that... The, the running media joke is Tyler's never been hit in the face. <laughs> if Tyler had been hit in the face once, he wouldn't be like hey, this. I had, a, I had a teacher in high school tell me that I was going to get punched in the face from my mouth one day. Still hasn't happened. <laughs> because you talked back? Just because I... Were you? Was sarcastic oh, when sarcastic, I was in high okay. school like I am now. That was... Yeah. There's, told the, me I, there's told, the long shot yeah, of the day. Told me I was going to get punched in the face <laughs> from my mouth all one I day. Want, all hasn't I want... <laughs> all I want is... Marcus Arroyo to just like go over the podium. <laughs> Next question. Well, he knows who you are. He blocked you. Yeah, well, maybe not anymore. <laughs> um, Bob Baffert will not be allowed to enter any horses in the Belmont. My only question is this. Would he be allowed to enter Medina Spirit if Medina Spirit had won and would have been going for the Triple Crown? They might have let him because I think they would have been more. They'd be... 
afraid for why the Preakness was afraid and they'd be worried about the lawsuits. Because that's why the Preakness let them in. They didn't want to deal with the lawsuits of the lawyers. But now, I have not read, maybe read, I wouldn't even run them in the, in the Belmont, obviously. Even if I wasn't the band, a lot of times, the one who wins the Kentucky Derby, if they don't win the Preakness, they just retire. I'm just like, what's yeah. the point? Because yeah. it's too long of a race and you're not going to do anything to it. So it would have been interesting to see, though, had he won the Preakness. I don't think they would have banned him on that because I would have thought, if this, if this horse can win the pre- Triple Crown, you're going to see every lawyer in the world lining up. And just on the idea of horse racing to uh, completely make fun of horse racing and sound like an idiot, does anybody watch the Belmont unless there's a triple Not if there's runner? not a triple crown. No, I mean, instead or of, you mean other than the hardcore ones? Yeah. No. Like at my house on Saturday, we literally knew it was a 350, forgot 345. Literally, I ran out to the TV to watch it. If that horse didn't have, or if, if it was the Belmont, I'd have no interest yeah. if, in fact, it wasn't a triple crown. Yeah. I mean, I. Not, I don't care about horse racing. If there's a triple crown chance, You'll watch it. I'll watch it, yeah, but I exactly. would never watch it no. otherwise. All right, coming up next, the NBA playoffs start tonight. I am so excited for playing games of bad teams. Derek is very underestimated. He yeah. doesn't get much credit for how good he's playing. Right. Uh, but he completes a lot of passes. He changes plays at the line of scrimmage. He's starting to make more and more plays with his legs now. We put some pretty good players around Derek, yeah. and I think it shows. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Are you ready for NBA playoffs at 3.30 today? Oh, this mm. ha- this feel you know what this feels like? True NCAA t- tournament? True TV for the NCAA, the NCAA tournament. tournament. <laughs> yeah, this is the NCAA tournament. The thing, the only difference on the NCAA tournament and the NBA, if Barkley's on, he'll know what he's talking about with the NBA. Really? More sure? so than he does with the college I'm teams. actually excited to see Charles Barkley become their NHL analyst because I bet he'll know more about that than the NBA. He probably watches more NHL when he, playoffs. I like him NBA a lot. Players. I do. But when he does the NCAA tournament, it's like, man, you it's have rough. not watched yes. a game all year. Yeah, well, for whatever reason, Turner every year decides, let's take our NBA guys and have yeah. them break I down I think that's why they basketball. brought Katz on this year. Like, all right, we need a guy who knows college basketball. Yeah. Let's put him on the set because these other two guys are just talking. You can at least pronounce the names. Yes. Like, that's that'll be it. So, tonight... We have the Eastern Conference play-in games. 3.30 is the first game. It is Charlotte and Indy. Uh, Jared, is. are you still confused as to how this works, Jared? No, I think I got it. So the team playing for the seven seed, if they lose, they then have to play for the eight seed. Correct. The next or two days later. Right. Yeah. So the seven, eight team and both who wins today or and tomorrow, they're the seven seed. So Washington, Boston play today. The winner of that game is the seventh seed and does not have to play another game. They're in as the seventh seed. The loser of Washington and Boston will play again on Thursday, and they will play the winner of Indiana and Charlotte. So Charlotte and Indiana, who finished nine and 10, have to win two games to get the eighth seed. Washington and Boston both get two shots to win one single game. They, They get the opportunity to lose to the number one seed. This sounds totally crazy because you would never take this chance and never risk it because the Lakers play tomorrow. If I'm the Lakers, I lose to the Warriors, so I get the Jazz instead of the Suns. Do you want the Jazz? I don't. More than the, I, I think I want them more than the Suns. I, I think the Suns the, are kind of yeah, dangerous. I do I, I don't know. Want the jazz. I think, I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm, the, I'm just not as good as the Jazz have been. I just can't buy into the fact that the Jazz are going to go far, just maybe because I don't know. I don't know why. I told you that yesterday. I haven't thought about them. I've literally seen them play. I saw them play the Clippers. I saw them play two other games this year. And they actually, I think, won two of the three. And I just sat there thinking, 
Is that team going to the NBA Finals? Well, the problem with this year's Jazz team is that they kept changing the uniforms to weird colors. <laughs> oh, my God. They wore green in their last game of yeah, the year. Yeah, like, it's no, literally, <laughs> oh I'd, be, I'd be watching a Jazz game and go, man, the Bucks look bad. <laughs> Where's Giannis? No, yeah, exactly. Then I'd be like, I, I, don't, I mean, you never do it. You're going to try to win the game and just get in the playoffs, but you start looking at matchups and... I don't know. I mean, they'll it's gonna be I, so look, good. look, the Lakers could show up tomorrow, really, really want to win. And like we said yesterday, Steph could go for 45 and it won't make any difference. And they'll lose the game anyway. Well, Steph can go for 45 and, and the they, Warriors and the, still yeah, lose. And the Warriors still lose. Yeah, they do that. He could go for 60 and they yes. could still lose. So it's, it feels a lot like NCAA tournament play in games right now. But I think the big difference, and I think the reason I'm excited is like the individual star power that the NBA has. And even though this is a top-heavy league, and even though you know today we're going to see Charlotte and Indiana play, neither one of these teams have a chance to win even a series in the actual playoffs. Even Washington-Boston, neither one of them is actually going to beat uh, any of the top seeds in the East. But today, we get to watch LaMelo Ball play in a game that matters. We get to watch LaMelo Ball play in a do-or-die game. And then we get to watch Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook play uh, Jason Tatum. and Well, Jalen Brown's not there. We'll say Marcus Smart or whatever. And Brad Stevens in a game where if you win, you're in the playoffs. And if you lose, you got to play again on Thursday. Like there are legitimate playoff stakes on the line for guys that we wouldn't normally see having legitimate playoff, you know, do or die stakes on the line. And I, I, I find that fascinating to watch a LaMelo ball in a game like this, to watch a Bradley Beal in a game that means something like this. And then tomorrow we get the West where obviously LeBron's not going to be in the play in game very many times, but you get to watch LeBron James and Steph Curry. I mean, that is a matchup that we have seen in the NBA Finals. You get to watch LeBron James and Steph Curry in basically a little one-game play-in type game, and then you also get to see John Morant, who has been a who's one of the most fun players in the league to watch play. He's going to play in a do-or-die game as well. Like I enjoy the star power of the NBA, and you're putting these stars in basically one-game must-win type of situations, which I think is is phenomenal. I think it's going to be great television to watch these teams play. Yeah, of today, I told you yesterday, I know Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are great, but today, I will literally watch just watch LaMelo Ball because I love to watch LaMelo Ball. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have no care who wins. Well, I'd actually probably want him to win because I want him to play as many games as possible. I have no, the Pacers. The, pa- the mean, Pacers and the no. Spurs, like, yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't no need to watch them. them I but... don't need to watch them at all. Um, I'd love LaMelo to get in and just watch them in a series. They wouldn't win a series, but it'd be cool to watch them. Yeah, and that's to me, that's sort of the point is, well, Charlotte wouldn't even be in the playoffs if it was the normal one through eight. Right. They wouldn't have qualified. No. But even like if they had been, th- that's not a team that's really going to do anything in a first round series no. with the Sixers, right? If that's what they end up doing. Right. So LaMelo Ball's playoff would be, oh, a four game sweep of the Sixers where maybe he looked good, but they lost every yeah. game by 15. This is, oh, LaMelo Ball's playing against a team that A, Charlotte can, they beat, can beat that team. And B, has actual meaning. They right. actually advance to something if he does it. That's why I think it's it has no impact on the championship. No. The East does today. The, the West does tomorrow with LeBron and the Lakers. Well, LeBron, yeah. It has no impact it. on the championship. I fully understand that. I still think it's going to be very entertaining. So Ed likes to watch LaMelo Ball. Oh, I, I love to watch him. Yeah. I think he's by, I think he's much better than the brother. Did you miss Jared's terrible joke? No, did I say he was quick or something like no, that? No, just my... d- deliver it again, Jared. D- do, it, do it again. Deliver it again. Deliver it again. So you like to watch LaMelo ball. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I missed that one the first time. We have like <laughs> four more seg- er, minutes in this segment. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs>
I mean, do what you normally do, ignore me and I, just I, roll through. I don't feel like I can ignore that. I can ignore a lot of things you say, but that was brutal. <laughs> That's why I did it. That was brutal. I don't even know what to do from now on mm. the rest of the... Like, I'm just going to make you say that for the next four minutes on repeat. <laughs> There's no chance LaMelo stays there long term. He'll come back. No, to, he'll come back won't. to the Lakers or somewhere. Yeah, they the won't. dad. I mean, no. I don't. That's the, the thing about will, the, dad. the dad. I don't. The think. dad. The dad will challenge Michael Jordan to a one-on-one yes. game and be like, First his right. son's free agency." Yeah, and he's just like, "If you win, you can get it for one million for seven years. We'll give him the Scottie Pippen deal." The best thing about the most surprising thing, I guess, because we're not in Charlotte or whatever. The most surprising thing, as he's been so good, unless you have and I haven't, you have not heard from the dad. This kid's good. I mean, yeah. he's better than the brother. And, like, I haven't heard anything about that guy ever. Like, maybe someone finally said, maybe it was these kids who said, dude, you've got to back up here. What if, what if LeVar Ball knew that his other sons weren't that great? And he knew the even best Lonzo? way, even Lonzo. And he was like, the best way to hype Lonzo up is for me to be insane. But now he knows LaMelo Ball is actually a star. And he's right. like, I don't have to be insane. Okay. But that's what I had. I thought that that was. What everyone knew from like the moment was like, yeah, Lonzo's good. The middle ones could right could exactly. go play in Turkey. And Levar and- Ball was like, okay, the middle, the Lonzo's good, but he's not great. So I'm going to be a lunatic and make Lonzo Ball. He doesn't a- have to be a lunatic with this right. kid. He, I'm going to make him uh, a household name because I'm a yeah. lunatic. And then when Lamelo gets here, I don't have to do it anymore because Lamelo's good. <laughs> Whatever happened to the kid who stole stuff in China? Oh, I, he's that poor kid. He probably's playing in China. He might be. I don't know what what was his name by the way. Lonzo Angelo. Oh, D'Angelo. Leangelo. Leangelo. I think. No, it is. It was Leangelo. They, they all this. had L names. I all I know is that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I mean, seriously, where's Leangelo? Because they they said that kid he was gonna get him like uh, so some kind of contract. There are two missing balls. <laughs> So he might be with that guy in the foreign country that has meat out of the back of his car. Maybe that guy finally signed him. In December, he went to training camp with the Pistons. Didn't make it. Uh, he signed with the G Couldn't League. In make Jan- the Pistons. He signed with the G League in January, and that's the last thing I see. Uh, his Wikipedia page says he's a free agent, so he's nowhere. I I don't know. If I'm that kid, and I knew early on. Like, there's no way, you know, the brothers are obviously much better than me. Like, I would have done everything to be one of their agents. Yeah, that does I mean, I, you, I would you represent. You also are the guy that's because, like, I want to be the 128th yes. PGA. Yeah, like, because even you if. Basically, you want the money with yes. none of the work. Or even if LaMelo in the back of his mind's like saying, I don't want this dude representing me. It's still the brother and, like, the pressure. He probably would have to take him if he was an agent and say, okay, you can represent me. Even like LaMelo's like, you won't make me as much money as a real agent. <laughs> But I would have been an agent because if I because obviously this guy knew right away or pretty early on I'm not as good as these two guys so let me how can I be around it and still make a lot of money? Could he have gotten better prices from the meat out of the back of the truck of the Lithuanian coach than Lamelo? No, I'm saying if he's the agent now, he's got to get oh, good prices on yeah, that. Yeah, he Lithuanian might be able meat. to get the Lithuanian meat on a, on a lower discount. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the great all time stories ever of that of that family. The guy the selling the meat out of the back of the trunk. <laughs> I mean, I was just, hey, it's Europe. It was it's so it, it was so preposterous. You knew it was true. And who in uh, the world would think that up? And you'd rather be there than playing in Charlotte. Coming up next, <laughs> Sarah McClellan joins the show. Petrangelo fails to clear. Penalty time is over. Centering feet in front of shot, and they score. Joel Eriksson wins it in overtime. Three twenty into the extra period. 
found the puck just a few feet in front of the crease, and Minnesota takes game one. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from the Star Tribune is Sarah McClellan. Sarah, how are you this morning? Hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing we, well. We are yeah. good. Um, so I'm curious from the Minnesota side, why is it, do you think, that the Wild are such a problem for the Golden Knights when in comparison, you know, they didn't do very well with Colorado throughout the regular season? You know what? I've asked that question a lot. I've thought about that question a lot. You know what? I'm not sure why exactly they seem to match up. You know, I I think in some you know in some parts of their lineup, I, I think they you know I think they try to play similarly. I think they're built, you know, from their goaltending on out. Obviously, we saw that in Game One with with you know the goalie duel between Flurry and Talbot. Um, you know, but I think especially this year, and, and it's kind of a change for the Wild is. Um, you know, they want to be aggressive offensively. They, they want to transition with speed. They want to get in the offensive zone and move the puck around and, and um, you know, just, you know, score. And, you know, when you think perennially about the Minnesota Wild franchise, you don't think of offense, you know, you think of defense. And so um, I think, you know, playing, playing with speed, um, obviously a little bit more skill in the lineup this year with the addition of Kirill Kaprizov. Um, but even too, you know, in recent years, Kevin Fiala finding his stride and, um, you know, Yule Erickson Eck becoming, you know, a goal scorer this year. I just think, you know, it's a style that Vegas plays that isn't foreign, you know, to, to the wild. And um, they just seem ready for it, you know, in the regular season, then obviously in game one as well. Uh, I, I, they're not going to say this out loud, nor should they. I was on the Zoom yesterday. They, they said all the right things. Uh, they complimented Vegas very much. Is there any sense behind the scenes, though? I mean, they've been so good against Vegas since the expansion season. They're, they lead in wins, points percentage, 5-0 and in one of the last six games. Do you believe inside that room they know or think they're in Vegas' heads? Uh, I, th- I think I could see them totally thinking that they know that they're competitive in this and, like, that it isn't just, you know, a foregone conclusion that, you know, what the standings were in the regular season are going to prevail necessarily in the playoffs. You know, Vegas had more points, had the better record you know, was jostling for the president's trophy. You know, I, I don't, I don't think they believe that, you know, that's the destiny of the playoffs. And um, having said that though, you know, what stood out to me, and maybe you picked up on this as well is like, you know, it was like one win and like the door was shut, you know, mm-hmm. like it was already, yeah, looking ahead, looking ahead to game two, what they expect. Um, it didn't look like there was like this celebration hangover. I, I think this team too, um, it's so cliche and like, but it's so true for them is that they've really looked at one game at a time this season. And it's been kind of, I think, part of this culture change, this new vibe with, you know, um, Dean Evison as coach for his first full length season, obviously new personnel, you know, some longtime wild players are gone. No more Miko Koivu, no more Eric Stahl, no more Devin Dubnik. Um, so this has been a, you know, a year of transition for the franchise and all those cliches that you can point to, they're real life for this team. Like that one and done. Okay. That's it. Like it really felt that way. Like you saw the celebration on the ice. You saw sounded like a pretty boisterous celebration in the locker room based on the level of the music that, you know, got back to us that how loud it was. And I think it, it seems like that was it. They parked it. And so, you know, I, I really think they have that inner confidence in themselves, which, 
you know, enables them to go up against the Vegas and, you know, win game one on the road and now have home ice advantage right now. So the Wild had a full practice yesterday, and there was a report that it was the players that requested to have that full practice. How abnormal is that for this team? Yeah, I think what was just unusual was that the fact that this team didn't practice a lot during the regular season. Um, The coaching staff was very in tune with the schedule and that the fact that it was like every other day, and they really put a premium on rest. So it was just unusual that, like, of all times of the year, like, you know, right now when it's, it's grind and it's, it is still every other day and it's travel, um, it was, that was unique to me. It was like, okay, they're practicing, you know, after game one when there was supposedly, you know, just, you know, just such so many hits and blocked shots and, like, that, that was unique to me. But, yeah, it, it was the players. I think part of it was – probably just to break up the day it sounded like that was some of the motivation like to get out of the hotel um and kind of you know get the day going break it up kind of maybe try to get fast forwarding to to tuesday um but yeah and that's something that dean evison is has kind of done a lot this season in, in terms of like talking to his players letting his players kind of lead the message lead the room um there's times throughout the season that he doesn't go in there to talk to them. It's very led internal by their captain, Jared Spurgeon, the other leaders in the room, um, even on the bench. You know, if something needs to be said and something needs to be corrected, a lot of times it's the players saying it to themselves. And it's not always coach speak. Um, so it's, yeah, it kind of maybe as unique as it was, it kind of wasn't surprising too because the players have really kind of taken ownership this season and Dean Evison has let them. So if it wasn't uh, still COVID protocols and they were in Vegas and didn't have to be locked in their rooms bored, would they have still wanted to practice yesterday? It's a good question. I'm not <laughs> sure if that would, <laughs> would have affected it. Because it did totally sound like, you know, they did want to, they did want to have something to do. You know, they did want to have something to get down to the rink. And, but also, too, I think, yeah, get refocused. Um, and it was a full practice, too. Like, there wasn't anybody who took the option. It was like, there, I don't know if there was an option then. Everybody skated, which um, that's been unique this season with the way the schedule is, just to get everybody on the ice for a practice. So we'll see you what know, happens from there. You talk about a new guard and them doing different things. It was, it was interesting because this guy actually was in a Stanley Cup final, actually played for Pete DeBoer, but... When Zach Parise is a healthy scratch, and he's been so almost, I think, 20 games this year, is that another example of things have changed, uh, whether it's Kaprizov coming in and being this, you know, this young star? With Parise as a, a healthy scratch, is that kind of what one of the examples of they're not the same Minnesota team? I, I think so. I just think there is an accountability here that, that's been a very important philosophy and tenet for this team. And it actually started, I think, very uh, visibly here in Vegas. Um, if you go back in the regular season, uh, I think it might have been in, in March that, you know, Zach Parise, late in the game, the Wild had a one-goal lead. Um, he, he overextended his shift. The Wild, um, you know, obviously got caught. And Vegas tied the game, you know, late, late in the third um, and, and went to overtime and won. And that shift stood out, and Parise was benched the next game. Um, and so I think that was kind of like the first example, like, whoa, you know, Zach Parise's bench, um, you know, is scratched for a mistake. Um, that, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but it, it doesn't usually, you know, they don't usually get punished that way. 
um, especially players like Parise. So I think that was kind of like the first example of like, okay, it is, it's about the team and it's not about the individuals and it doesn't matter kind of who you are. If, if, you know, if the team suffers for it, that can't happen. So um, that was kind of, I think the first real kind of like turning point. Um, and, and, you know, since then he's, he's emerged now as the odd man out, you know, with this forward group. Um, you know, I think the team kind of made it clear, you know, in its prep late in the regular season that it was fine tuning and kind of jostling and, um, you know, finalizing its lineup for playoffs. And that's when he, you know, became a healthy scratch. And um, he got into the last game of the regular season when they rested players. But game one, it was back to back to being out of the lineup. So um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. You know, obviously every offseason there's roster turnover. So, um, you know, maybe something, you know, shakes out differently that opens up more of a, you know, maybe a consistent role for Parise with the Wild. But, you know, we'll see. It just for right now, I know they like their mix. I know they like their fourth line, and you know they're not touching it right now. Will it take an injury, or would they put him back in if they lose the next two games and think they need more scoring or something like that? Yeah, I've thought about that as well because you know I, I think in the regular season, even when there was you know a few losses, they didn't change it. You know they they didn't. This isn't this isn't really a knee jerk reaction team, and I think you saw that in game one too. Like you know. Vegas is juggling its lines, and, and, you know, they're trying to get that top line going. And, and Minnesota didn't change anything. Like, they just – they are – you know, like I said, it's so cliche. It sounds so cheesy, but they are very even-keeled that way. There isn't a lot of just, like, panic. Okay, we need we need to go back to the drawing board. I, I think they've found their line. You know, and obviously that can change. You know, you get in a drastic situation. You're down in a series. You're facing elimination. You can't score, you know. I mean, I, I I know the circumstances can change, but I don't even know if a loss right now would be enough to change the lineup because I know I think this group, like I said, they they move on, they reset, and I think they really believe in what they have. So um, maybe an injury, you know, maybe that is you know the subtraction that happens for for Zach Parise to eventually potentially get back in. Uh, it appeared the other day you saw Cam Talbot of earlier in the season, and I think that Cam Talbot could actually win the series for them. But it comes down to also uh, how tired could he get? Will he run down? Uh, yesterday the coach said he worked out after the game the other night, so he must be in a, 42 <laughs> shots, and then the guy goes and works out. But is there the sense that, you know, if you get the Cam Talbot of early in the season, there is a long run potentially in this team. You don't want to have one of the, like the last several weeks. Yeah, you know what, that's, that's what's really interesting for me to see because, you know, you're right, I, I don't think he was as clean as he was early in the season as he was to finish out the regular season. And, you know, I kept asking, you, you know, you're still confident, you feel good, and he was. And it's one thing to say it, but, you know, he totally backed it up with his play in game one. And really, when you look back at his track record in the playoffs, it's solid. And so, I, I, you know, I think he almost, in that sense, he deserves the benefit of the doubt to say, nah, playoffs, I'll be fine. And he was. And um, I do think he has that ability to go on a run because he's done it. Every time he's led a team into the playoffs as a starter, they've gotten at least to the second round. You know, obviously last year in the bubble, it was a little bit different with Calgary. It was a qualifying round and then the first round. But um, he has this knack for playoff hockey. And I think it's because of the way he plays all the time. He is very calm. I mean, you guys saw it. He, he's not herky-jerky in his movements. He's not, you know, over overreactive. Um, he lets the play come to him. 
Um, he's really good at directing and controlling his rebounds, putting them in spots for his defensemen to gobble up and get out of danger areas. Um, and I think that poise obviously just pays even more dividends in the playoffs when the stakes are so much higher and it's so much more intense. He just doesn't get flustered. And, um, you know, they called him Calm Talbot in New York when he was breaking in behind Henrik Lundqvist. And I think that's legit. So um, if you look at his playoff numbers, like, it's no surprise what he did in game one. Um, that's how he seems to play when the games are the most meaningful. Um, you know, we'll see how the series evolves. Um, but even so, I, you know, I think that's been another thing for him when it, when it is up and down and, you know, when there is a loss or there is a game where three, four, five goals goes in, he does seem to be able to reset too. So I, I think the goalie matchup is going to continue to be intriguing and, you know, um, you know, whoever can score, that's probably going to decide the series with the way these goalies are playing. Well, she is Sarah McClellan from the Star Tribune. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Sarah underscore McClellan. Sarah, we appreciate it. Thanks, this Sarah. Morning. Awesome stuff. Thank T- you. Take care, guys. That was great. Yeah. yeah, I mean. You didn't ask her why Wisconsin doesn't have a hockey. <laughs> we asked Ben Gotts Goats these, Gets. These people aren't from Wisconsin, Jared. <laughs> I know. I just I'm from Minnesota. I, I was trying to make it. I'm trying to, I was trying to make it like a running theme for the, the entire week. Is We ask everyone, hey, why doesn't Wisconsin? <laughs> I don't think anybody cares but people from Wisconsin and me for about seven minutes one day. I don't even care anymore, and I asked the question. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. All right, coming up next, do we need a new Sharp? I don't know, but we... I thought Fred was no, going to get no, a, a, a mulligan just for picking oh, the Diamondbacks. Get, yeah, okay, Fred's we are giving back. Fred a mulligan. As long as he doesn't pick the Diamondbacks tonight. That's right. Yeah, no, he can pick them again tonight. <laughs> coming Luke up next, Dandy Luke Perk Dandy. My noodles, your way. We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. And joining us now from PropSwap is Luke Pergdandy. Luke, I'm curious, mainly tomorrow, what do you think happens on PropSwap with Lakers tickets during the Lakers-Warriors game, if the Lakers lose that game, or even if they end up winning it and clinch the seventh seed? Yeah. So, you know, pretty much figure out if they're going to play the Suns or the Jazz, right? Because that's really the question because they, you know, um, I'd be shocked if they lost twice in a row. Um, So, you know, if they played the Jazz, I still think the Lakers would be favored in that series. And if they play Phoenix, I still think they'd be favored in that series. So You know, so... It's it's kind of like I, the odds will move a little bit, but game which they they very well could lose. There's no question they could lose to the Warriors. Um, I just don't see a ton of movement because either way, um, you know, whichever. Uh, I guess so. If they lose that Wednesday, they don't play Utah. Then they have a chance of either playing Phoenix or being out. Um, I just I just don't see the odds moving a ton. If they're, they're still the second best team according to the odds makers, right? They're still around plus 450 um, right behind Brooklyn. And, you know, they're about to play in the playing game. So if they lose, they'll be facing elimination on, on Friday. Do you think there'll be anybody, anybody going to prop swap kind of scared looking to sell their Laker tickets, knowing that if they do play poorly, even though it's the Grizzlies or the Spurs, that they'd be done for and their ticket would be dead at that point? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. There, it's possible. Um, you know, to me, it's like, 
you bought this ticket at probably three to one, right? They basically are around plus two fifty or three to one the whole season, and now you're just going to like completely bail out after um, you know for for such a small. You, you paid such a high price for your ticket already. It's not like you, you know, you got a Phoenix Suns ticket at 100 to one, and now you're selling it, you know, 15 to one. You're still making a profit. This, you know, you're completely cutting your losses. So, um, yeah, that is no question. This is the most polarizing team in the NBA right now, possibly in all sports. Just what do you do with this Lakers team? Um, so it's, it's a tough question. Fortunately, we don't have to make that choice. We're just the middleman. <laughs> Luke, uh, the schedule came out. I don't know if we've asked you this since, and I don't know how much the schedule moves thing anyway. Have you seen movement on any NFL tickets since the schedule came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Denver Broncos, uh, this rumor is not going away that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver. Uh, we continue to sell a lot of Denver Broncos tickets. Broncos to have the best regular season record. Broncos to win the AFC West. Obviously, you have to deal with Kansas City, but um, yeah, I think people are just trying to play that news. So they're going to buy those tickets now, and then if you know if Aaron Rodgers does indeed go to Denver, then sell those tickets once that news gets announced. Did anybody buy? Um, a, did anybody buy a Denver Broncos to win the AFC West before the Rodgers rumors? Um, no. Yeah. So that pretty much started kicking up on draft night, maybe one day before the draft. Uh, no, we have not, we did not sell Denver Broncos. I mean, they were horrible last year. The Broncos were, um, so no, we did not sell many before this news, but you know, now I think people are just speculating that obviously if number 12 does go to Denver, of course, the value of any possible Broncos ticket you own goes up tremendously. Well, he is Luke Perk Dandy from Prop Swap. Luke, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, guys. Are you calling our sharp, Jared? You're giving me confusing hands. I was signals. saying no. We don't have time. Yeah, we do. What do we have? 90 Jared just seconds? gave you the indicator. No, you better have, steal we, first. We, we literally do not have 90 seconds. We are closer to a minute. Call so. him. Call him. Uh, okay. Call him now. Yes, he gets two seconds. Call him okay. now. We'll get his pick in the break. All right. Well, even if he doesn't get on, we can give his pick in the break. And hopefully it'll be the Diamondbacks again. <laughs> Go ahead, Urias on the mound tonight. Pick him. Go ahead, pick him. You have become so ahead, confident. Pick him. You were like five days ago. Beat the ace like be, 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 be last night. Beat Bumgarner last five, night. All these other guys are bumps. Five days ago, you were like, this team's terrible. <laughs> no, I just said it lacks depth. Put Albert Pools on the mound. <laughs> and now it's they beat wow. the Diamondbacks and Bumgarner one time. and Game-winning RBI last night for Big Albert. And now there's no <laughs> chance they could lose. Oh, my God. <laughs> You are every every day with the Dodgers oh, changing your opinion. Cannot here. imagine at my house on a nightly basis. I Just mean, it cannot. sounds it sounds He's fun. To voicemail. Okay, oh, yeah, oh, come on, running. Fred. He's running. He doesn't even want to pick the Diamondbacks. Jeez. All right, so here's here's the pick: the Pacers to make it to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. What? They're supposed to be like one. One day picks, not like yeah. futures. Just bets. take the Pacers to beat Mello. What are we just not going to have a sharp for the next like two months? You think they're going on a run? I think that I think it's going to be over tomorrow. Like, it could be over tonight. They could be done. Yeah, like, could, I thought, that's why I was. You could essentially lose seventy five percent of our listeners and pick the Wild. <laughs> somebody no, pick, that makes somebody come pick back the Wild. Then. Somebody pick the Wild. Back. The Wild tonight. That's our the pick. The Wild. <laughs> Got to stay positive.